Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is John Levin from Dawkin here, and you're listening to Cobras in Fire. Rock's not dead, so rock on. You're listening to the Cobras and Fire podcast, featuring from Dokken, lead guitarist John Levin. Welcome to Cobras and Fire. I am joined by the guitarist from Dokken. Welcome to the program, John Levin. How are you this, uh, well, this, um, it's, it's morning where you're at, right? Yeah, it's 11, 11 a.m. Nice day here in Los Angeles. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me, Jason. Really nice to be here. Other than talking to me, how are you uh, keeping busy during this whole COVID-19 mess? Well, you know, just still working away in the studio and um, life, you know, at, at least to the extent possible, we move on as we can in the house and hunkering down, not going anywhere, but playing guitar, writing songs, and working on my new website. Okay. Uh, it, are you writing songs for a new docking record coming up? or? Uh, yeah. We're, Don and I, we started to do this virtual writing thing uh, for our next record, so we're starting on that, um, you know, by Zoom. So it's, it's, it's a little bit of a process. We're not used to it, but we're, we're making it work, you know? Sure. All good. I, I did notice uh, getting ready for today that, that there are some uh, like uh, summer dates still up on the docking website. Is the plan as of today to kind of still carry forward and, and hit those, or yeah, you know, as of now, like everyone else, everything's up in the air. Yeah. We have to wait till this situation passes. So, um, other than that, you know, I'm just uh, I'm working. Been working since Christmas on this uh, guitar instrumental guitar. I'm sorry, tutorial website that I've been working hard on and finally about ready to launch that so i'm excited about that do you want to get so. into that not right away or uh, i had a few other questions for you but we can start with that sure whatever you like uh hit, hit me with the question fair enough you know my, my first one was just how is don do- don doing i know there was some news uh about a month or so ago that like because of some uh, uh recent surgery he had lost the use of his hands for the most part um has anything progressed there is uh it, it's just a horrible story to hear um, if he's working, I, I'm hoping that means that things are kind of, you know, at least getting functional for him. Yeah, he's, look, he's start, you know, any nerve injury takes a long time to heal, but he's, he's definitely showing signs of progress, which okay. is good. 
So I'm happy about that. You know, it's going to take a while, but um, I think I, we're hoping, obviously, that he has a full and complete recovery. Yeah, of course. It, uh, uh, it was just reading the story was just really, I don't know, kind of painful almost just to listen to. Maybe you like not want to get surgery on anything if you're feeling that way. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, boy, he had a rough road, really rough ride. I mean, he he wasn't expecting, none of us were expecting it to come out with something that severe. You know, I mean, we thought, it, yeah, you went into it thinking one thing, and, boy, you know, a lot of times operations, who knows what's going on during it, but for whatever reason, his was more intensive than I think he was led to believe initially. And, okay. You know, hopefully it's going to all work out for the best, and he'll, he'll they did what they had to do, and he'll be fine. Well, yeah, of course, we wish him nothing but the best, but... Uh... Um, as far as you're concerned, Doro was your first big break. Uh, at least I think it's pretty well documented. Uh, was, was it, they still calling it Warlock when you joined? You know, I think my recollection was, I think the, when we toured it was Doro or sometimes it's a Doro and Warlock, but I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure. The record was just called Doro mm-hmm. and I, I played on that Force Majeure record, which was a lot of fun. Boy, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Like it, that, that came out in 89, I think my senior year in high school. <laughs> yeah. 89, boy, I was just a kid still. Yeah, I, I think I got into the band in 88. So, like, the, I mean, when you would tour, you, uh, would there be, a, like, a pretty good mix of Warlock songs? or? Uh, yeah, we did some songs from the new album that we had out, and the rest were all Warlock songs. Okay. So, you know, we did All, all We Are and, you know, Burning the Witches. <laughs> the whole gamut. Yeah, I, I, can I just kind of run down the catalog and you tell me if you played it or not? Yeah, go. No, no, I'm just... See if I remember it, man. You're going back to <laughs> right, well, Okay, well, did you play Fur Immer? Uh, yeah, yeah. Dora, did, Dora sang that on her own. Mr. Gold? Don't know that one. Okay. Um, what was the, the, the album before uh, Triumph and Agony that, uh, that Mr. Gold's on that? What was the... the uh, oh, um, I'm blanking now. Don't know that one. I didn't play on that. Yeah, no, um, no. I was just I thinking yeah. set list material, but uh, uh, all right. Well, any reason you didn't stick around with her? I know she... Um, the, the follow-up record was only about a year later. Um, that Gene Simmons produced. Yeah. Uh, well, the band when I was in it was myself, Tommy Henriksen, who's a dear friend of mine, and Bobby Rondinelli. And just during our interim, we, we were writing songs just on our own, and we had a, we got a, found our own singer and just stepped into a deal with Atlantic Records. So the three of us departed for our own project. What was that? Uh, the band was called Big Trouble, and, you know, it was just right at the cusp of when things were changing and, the re- you know, just for whatever reason, record never got, never came out. It, it, it got recorded, though? We'd recorded a whole bunch of stuff. We probably had enough for an album at the time, um, just due to, you know, various <laughs> music industry and world variables. Project didn't go anywhere. Right. Uh, do you have any idea where those recordings ended up? No idea. <laughs> I mean, this... I probably have them somewhere, you know. But yeah, don't know. Yeah, they, they were. It was really good stuff, though. Really good. Who was the singer? Uh, Eric St. Michael's. Okay, did he ever go on to do anything else? That name doesn't ring a bell. Sorry. Yeah, he he's he lives in Switzerland, and he is the singer with the band called China. He was in a band called China for a long time. It was it China with a Y. Uh, don't know, but okay. I would assume so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> do, you, do you maintain any contact with Doro? We had her on the show about a year ago. Uh, I saw her. I, I When she played at the Whiskey a couple of years ago, Tommy and I went down, um, said hello. It's always great to see her. She's a real, really nice woman. So things stayed on good terms. Oh, of course. Boy, she really gives it all when she performs. I got to tell you, I mean, she plays for hours and, you know, gives 100% every every single concert. 
I saw her for the first time a few years ago. Uh, and I've been a fan since the 80s when um, the, the Triumph and Agony record came out. And, and the one before that, for some reason, I can't, True as Steel, that's what it's called. Those two records. Oh, kinda... yeah, we played that. We played that. We played that song, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, like, she came out and, um, and, and she had a little bit of a, 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 a cold and a sore throat. And you could hear it when she spoke. But man, she still had so much power behind her voice. She sounded amazing, looked great too. Uh, but yeah, I was I was really impressed at how good not just she sounded, but her band was tight, and uh, you could tell that they're a touring, working you know group of musicians. Um, I know a lot of these artists, especially well, I think she's based in the states now, but you know a lot of them, especially that they come from Europe, they you know these these fly-in dates make things a little bit difficult to, to actually kind of have a tighter unit. But I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying there, but she. Was great. Oh yeah, she she always is. Now I saw you guys at uh, uh, I saw the docking with you a couple times, but the most recent time was in uh, 2016 uh, at in Hinkley, Minnesota. Do you recall doing a gig at play, a thing called Grand Rock Timber? Yep, I remember. You, you've played it a couple times. This one might have stuck out though because I think you blew up your amp three times. Two or three times. <laughs> yep, that's how it goes sometimes. Well, you know, look, I'm using I'm using rental amps. Yeah, well, of um, course, so the backline the, is supplied, but yeah. And I remember that show it was going really well too. Yeah. It flew out right when we were playing the song Empire. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Like the, the one time you don't play a hit, and <laughs> the amp revolts. Uh, yeah, I, I just hey, look, you know, it's potluck. The amps I use, and I'm at the mercy of how they've been maintained, and you know, even well maintained ones can still break just that particular day for whatever reason they just kept blowing out you know it was yeah they're all old amps as it is you know even the, you know the newer ones are still 20 years old so it all depends on how well someone maintained them with tubes and you know any electronic component will eventually fail and on that particular day three of them did so who would have thought i thought you guys did a good job of keeping the i mean everybody seemed to enjoy it almost like it was happening when it happened again you just heard the crowd kind of laugh um, because well, we laugh, you, yeah. know, you got you got to take light of it. It, it, it. It's not the end of the world, right? Yeah. It doesn't does it really matter? So I finally I, I got to a working amp after a while, right? If I recall, Kip Winger came out and saved the day somehow. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, probably was. Oh, yeah, I, I was probably too busy figuring out what was wrong. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah, very yeah. difficult to troubleshoot something Ooh. when you're. In the middle of a performance, you know. It can be nerve-wracking, right? I mean, it can be the smallest thing, but, you know, there's so many things it could be. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really difficult, you know. It's hard. You know, my first thought is to look at the pedal, see if something on the pedal board's wrong, you know. Um, but then it turned out on that day it must have been the amps because I, I think I, I the third one worked, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Well, and you're still in the band. Plus, you've been in docking for almost 20 years. You, you, you must be, for the most part, happy with what you're doing? Oh, yeah. It's been great. I, my, I did my first show in docking in 98. Uh, oh, wow. So, so yeah. But do you officially join when, about 2003? Yeah, officially joined in 03. Okay. George has been doing some of the shows with you guys, uh, not a ton, but you know, off and on. Uh, do, do you have a, a good relationship with him? Well, yeah, I like George very much. We don't, you know, I don't know him very well, but absolutely. you got to remember, I had nothing to do with any of the problems. Of oh, of course. Fire, you know, <laughs> so uh, none of that has anything to do with me. And, and I'm a big fan of his, so, you know, really ha- it's great for me to be able to hang with him and get to watch him play, too, so. 
I, I can definitely hear a little bit of his playing in your style. Now, what, did, did you do that to kind of fit the doc and sound, or is that kind of a natural thing? Like, was he an influence on you? Oh, yeah, huge influence, absolutely. Um, when I played the doc and songs, I, you know, I always felt like it was the right thing to do to stick true to what, you know, the solos that he wrote for the hit songs and all that. So it's a similar, I mean, I, I got, when I went to see Ozzy after Randy Rhodes had passed, you know, eventually when Zach got in the band, I that he was, you know, I, I remember thinking, I like that he's doing the Randy solos for the Randy songs. And then he does his own thing in his own spots, you know, yeah. which I always thought was the appropriate way to do it. And that's how I wanted to do it um, the same. But but you're even the you've done three records with Doc and if I got my count right, um, your, your solos really kind of harken back to that classic Doc and sound. Probably some influence there because you know, like I said, he was a big influence on me as a player growing up. What, well, who would, who do uh, some of your other influences have been as a guitar player? Oh, I went through the gamut. Um, started with you know Eric Clapton, then Eddie Van Halen, Randy Rhodes, George Lynch, um, Ingve Malmsteen. And, you know, Michael Shanker, Nuno Bentoncourt. I guess I love all the greats. At one point or another, <laughs> I had a phase with all of the players I just, you know, mentioned to you. Oh, I... And still looking today for new influences. I still scour the Internet, seeing what, seeing what any clips I find. I mean, there's wonderful players out there. I mean, Doug Rappaport is a wonderful guitar player. I don't know um, if, he's, if you know who he is, but if you don't, you should check into him. He plays in Edgar Winter's band, and boy, oh. is he, he's just unbelievable. You kind of touched on it that you'll be working on something. It's been eight years since the new album. Are you guys close enough to where you can say like something's going to be imminent here? Does the downtime with COVID-19 kind of give you some time to prepare and basically just hunker down and knock out a record? Yeah, that's what we're trying to do. Right now, we're still trying to technically get you know recording and writing through the Zoom conference app is you know that's what we're trying to work out right now you know so we're all normally i don't really engineer on my end but the way things are it's like i sort of have it's it's forcing me to get my chops up and put stuff down here this this way i can send things to don and he could send it to our engineer you know we're still developing our little system of how we're doing it but yeah we're, we're definitely moving forward with it have you used zoom before like this month once before this month? No. No, not before this month. But it's great. Yeah, I, I'd never heard of it before a week ago myself, but Yeah, perfect time for that application, huh? No shit. Um what about Mick? Is he permanently retired? I I I talked to George a while back and he said he might just be taking some time off. Uh do do, do you know what his situation is at all? Yeah, he he's he's pretty much retired. He had enough, I think, you know. Look, he did it for a very long time. Think about it. He the drummer always has the hardest physical yep. job, you know, and as people start getting older, it's harder and harder. You know, it got to the point that the flying around and the touring and it just became too much. You know, it's, we're not, we're, look, the reality of it is, man, we're all doing jobs for that you do when you're 20. <laughs> yeah. We're all right. getting older. And, you know, it just came to a point. He said to me, John, everything hurts, man. My knees hurt. My back hurts. My legs are every time I hit the drum, it hurts. <laughs> so he just had, he couldn't couldn't take it anymore. He needed to take. You know, look, maybe you never say never. Maybe one day he'll come back around. But um, for now, that's he's in retirement. Do you stay in touch with him at all? Oh yeah, he makes one of my closest friends. So of course, you know, we played together for you know twenty years. Speaking of that, there's there's that pretty big gap of time that you are you know basically didn't have much going on as far as like being out there. You were an entertainment lawyer, according to Wikipedia. Now that that was news to me. Is, it, is that accurate? Yeah, I'm an attorney. I, my my yeah. Uh, when I moved to LA in '91, 
and I had a band, and then like the, when the grunge thing sort of came in, I, that really was. I, I saw my whole career fall into the wayside. I'm like, there's nothing for me. I'm I, I'm a guitar player. There's no more guitar solos, and it, I, it didn't appeal to me anymore. So I figured I need to do something else now that everything I was working for sort of is gone. So went to law school, um, and that's actually how I got back into Dokken because I represented Jeff. Okay. Who was friends? Yeah, friends with my good friend Tommy Hendrickson. So that—that's what led to my re-entrance into the music business. I, I but kinda... my practice today is largely family law. You know, there's not that much entertainment-related <laughs> okay. work. I was going to um, ask yeah. if you're still doing it. You—you you did kind of gloss over it, like it's just some kind of weekend online course. Yeah, so I went to law school and then I just got it. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a pretty big undertaking. Like, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was no weekend. Trust me, that <laughs> was, was that was a long weekend. <laughs> who did you work with then besides Jeff? Who did I work with as a lawyer? Well, yeah, in the entertainment business anyway. Well, if you can say, you know, uh, if you want to. You know what, yeah, it's a little bit tricky to start a name, client's name, so sorry right. about that one, man. No, that's all right, I don't man. make those. I don't make those rules. <laughs> Look, I'm just asking a question. You don't have to answer. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's all, it's all good. I understand. I, I've done a lot of 80s rock bands, and um, I've done quite a bit of television licensing and, you know, things, things of that nature. Someone who can play at the level that you can, you had to be doing something playing wise to keep your chops up. What uh, did you have like a, any type of side band or cover band or any anything like that at all going on? Uh, through law school, you know, I really just play once every couple of weeks. I pull the guitar out and play a little bit, but it, man, it was a, when you're in that type of intense learning thing. There's not much time to do anything else, really. You know. Well, how do you balance it now? If you're doing, you said family law. Yeah, mostly my practice now is mostly family law. So. Um, our touring now is mainly, it's mainly fly dates. So, you know, fly in on a, mm-hmm. a Thursday, play usually Friday, Saturday, come home Sunday, or sometimes we'll play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but it's just, it became too cost prohibitive with, with, you know, tour to play it, to get a tour bus. And, you know, you got to sit in the bus Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, no one really goes to gigs Monday, Tuesday, and right. Wednesday. you know, so you're, you're paying a lot of money for a bus that's, you know, you're doing nothing, but you're parking it. <laughs> so, um, Touring's really changed over the years. Most people don't do bus tours for the, for the most part. I mean, some bands do, but unless you're on a full package tour, um, a lot of bands are just doing fly dates. Oh, especially bands from the, the that, that era of the 80s kind of Sunset Strip scene. Um, that is pretty much the bulk of what they do, if I understand it right. Well, it's, it's really the most cost-effective way to do it these days, you know. Well, let's get into some guitar talk. Um, sure. Uh, how many guitars do you own? That's a trick question. I don't know. Maybe you can 20. ballpark it. What'd you say? Yeah, I'd say I'd say it's about 20, 20, 20 around twenty, twenty-two, something like that. It used to be more, but over the years, now I just keep what I either use for work um, or something that has some, some sentimental or collectible value. The rest, there's nothing I have at this point that I don't have a use for. You know, so All right. I, I ran out of closet space. Well, let's start with the sentimental. What's uh, what do you have that uh, is like sentimental to you? Though? What kind of guitars? Ooh, okay. Sentimental. Uh, I have the first Charvel I bought when I was uh, 15 years old. It's got like this mouse paint job on it, and I was 15 or 16. It was like 81, and um, oh, I guess I was 15. Yeah, I saved for years to buy that guitar. I mean, really, literally years. And boy, it was expensive. I remember I paid 1160 dollars for that thing Ooh. in 1981, which was a lot of money. It, yeah, then, no, yeah, know? I, I know. Love that guitar. I still have it. I still have the Les Paul I got. Um, what, for my, when I was turned 13, I had a bar mitzvah. I got a Les Paul, and I still have that Les Paul. 
thing thing weighs ten pounds. It was probably it was heavier than I was at the time. I could barely could lift it. Uh, so I still have that one. Um, I have a a couple of old Gibsons that I bought thirty five years ago. I still have all of those. Um, love them. Play them in the house. You know, I can't really take those on the road though. It's just too you know tricky with that. Um, especially with how it is with planes and bins and checking, it's it's hard. Um, I got an old Stratocaster from the '60s that I play, and yeah, those are pretty much sentimental. Most of the other ones are workhorses, or I have a either I use it in the studio or use it for uh, the gigs. You know, what's like your main? Uh, do you, the la- the last time I saw you, I'm pretty sure you you stuck with one guitar through the whole set. You might have changed it once, but uh, no strings or anything like that broke. Just your amps. Um, luckily usually it's not the amps you know but uh what, 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 what I, how many guitars do you take on the road i guess lately take one i take one really i know it's crazy <laughs> but i take yeah, i take one you know i i like to keep it streamlined um when i go to the airport i don't want to carry too yep. much so i have one guitar in a soft case that i hang on on my suitcase you know, and I have one big suitcase that has my my clothes in it and my pedal board, so I check that, and then I I try to carry the guitar through. See, if I had one more piece, then I'd have to have two pieces to to check. You know, and it'd be a little hard to walk into the airport with a suitcase, um, a soft shell case, and a hard shell case. So, I did it for a while, and then you know, finally I said, you know what, I think I could do with one guitar. And you know, sometimes Don would bring a guitar because he played rhythm for a number of years, and I figured, you know, I can use his as a backup or. For the most part, other than that, man, it's a lot of prayer. <laughs> I, I suppose most of these venues, too, you're with another band. If there really is an emergency, you can figure something out. Yeah, we hope. Or in the worst case, I'll change the string, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I have to, that's what I'll do. I've yeah. been there, but I, I've never... I, would I, I'd rather have two or three with me, but, you know, you gotta you got to weigh out the odds as to, you know, is it, you know, the difficulty of getting a second guitar in there. It's not that easy. The second one I definitely couldn't carry on. So I'd have to check it. So you know, I'd have to walk into the airport now with a large bag, a soft bag, and you know, it's heavy. Yeah. Um, and I, we've covered it on our show before, but in case somebody who's not familiar with us, I'm just going to quick kind of break down what you're saying with these fly-in dates and all this stuff. What the fly-in date means is that basically, you know, like a casino or like a, a festival or something like that, basically books the band, flies them in, and they, they provide everything on stage with the exception of typically the guitars, Correct. Correct. Okay. Yes. Uh, so you, have, you have guitar, guitar and pedalboard. Yeah. So you got to bring all that kind of stuff, uh, but all the amps, the drums, all that stuff is kind of taken care of. That way, you can kind of uh, streamline the the trip, and that's why it's it, 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 it's an inconvenience going through the airport. Uh, I think most people probably figured it up, but what the hell? I, I thought I'd break it down. Yeah. Yeah. It's you know it's a, it's definitely tricky. Um, it's it, it it's not as easy getting something carried on to a plane as it was years ago. You know. Yeah, now, you know, <laughs> no doubt. You're sort of at the mercy of how nice the person is at the gate. That's There's been of... times in Europe where Don and I were both had carrying guitars, and you know, you get someone who wasn't isn't that you know guitar friendly. And when you're in a foreign country, you know, we they made us. They said, no, 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 you're not going on with those. You're not going on with those. And they t- literally took them from us. And you know, of course, they promised you you're going to get them back. I, I remember this. We were in Europe, and we had a stopover. Flew to the stopover, and guess what? No guitars. <laughs> they said, well, you know, we're waiting by the side. She said, they're going to come right out. I mean, they're going to go right by the side. And you know, we waited, waited, waited. They insisted that they don't have them. They said, it's not on the plane, and it's not on the. On, and so they lost them. So Don, you know, really, 
you know, knows how to how to get things accomplished. He's really good at getting things done. And sure enough, he, he um, let him have it for that. And, and it's really lucky. He, we would have lost both of our guitars. But right at the time he was doing that, the pilots came out and the, and the pilots overheard it and said, what's what's wrong? And then he said, you know, my son's a pilot. This is unbelievable. They compassed, they took, made us take, took our guitars, and now you guys lost them. So, you know, the pilot said, don't worry. Let me, I'm going to go down right now myself. And the, the pilots went down, and, and they traced them down, and we got them back. But, we, you know, we were supposed to wait. You know how it is. It's when you gate check it, you're supposed to wait until they come out, right? Yeah. But, you know. So we were waiting. They, they they weren't there. They said they couldn't find them, and there's no guitars. And we had to catch our next flight, was which was the big flight back to the U.S. You know, the first one was just <laughs> um, you know an inner European flight, and that would have been the end of my black and white guitar, <laughs> right there. Oh man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, what about your rig? What do uh, what do you, give me a rundown of what your what's your standard setup, especially when you're touring? Uh, the fly date setup. I just bring pedals. So uh, what I'll what I'll use for the pedals is I have. Um, this thing called the Magic Box Body Blow. It's like a, a gain booster type pedal. Okay. Um, I just there's not that much. I use a chorus, a, a Boss chorus, and a the Boss delay. That's it. Um, there's a channel switcher in there, but that's my entire pedal board. What about head? And for the amps, I, uh, I like to get the JCM 2000s when I can get them. Okay. Although I always ask for them, and then you know once in a while I get to a gig and they don't have it, and they'll have um, something else, and then you got to make do. What what's the the furthest thing away from a uh, JCM two thousand that you've showed up to see? <laughs> we once played uh, El Paso, and uh, it was sold out because we do we do really well on the border states, you know. Okay. And for some reason, they decided to have Charo open up for us. Oh, that's a good mix. Okay, so so we get into the sound to do sound check, and we had no backline. They decided that they were going to let us share backline with Charo. So I had a little, a little 112 combo amp on a stand, like it was literally on a stand. So it was like you know five feet high. Was it one of those stands that is like angled back a little bit so you can? <laughs> you know, it, Imagine like a thick metal stand that yeah. you can put a combo amp on the top of. Yeah. And, and that was the amp I was supposed to play with. So yeah, unbelievable. Did and you, I had to do the with that. Yeah, no choice. <laughs> you know, we had to play. <laughs> so yeah, I did it. Chuck Berry would have walked. Little bass amp. They had a little guitar amp on a stand, and uh, you know, it was just unbelievable. Well, in so, a pinch, a bass can run that, through you know, a direct you box. Got to make the best of it. Got to make the best of it. That's what I did. I, I ended up going direct. Okay. Yeah. For solos, do you kind of so, uh, flip back to the uh, bridge pickup? Or do you kind of do you have different settings for different sh- songs? Uh, for certain, for the rhythms, I, I sort of have a routine at this point that I spontaneously go to without even thinking. Okay. Um, other than that, on soloing, I'll just do what I do, you know, whatever I'm feeling. Okay. Let's get to the uh, the new website, johnlevinguitars.com. Uh, why don't you break it down for the listener? I, you know, I always wanted to do something, and like around Christmas time, I was playing guitar on the couch. My brother-in-law was watching. He's like, man, it would be awesome if people could just watch you play on the couch. <laughs> so I was like, do you think anyone would even like be interested in that? And so that's how it started. So I started thinking, huh, what if I just recorded riffs and maybe did a, did a website of just me playing whatever I like any riffs I wanted? So it started like that, and then it became a whole tutorial thing, and it, I got like um, the right cameras and gear to do this and it became a full tutorial site where i have i broke it down into sections you know for like beginner intermediate and advanced and i would do i'll do a riff i'll play it at a regular speed then i play it at slow speed 
and then I play it, quote, you know, with some commentary, another commentary clip. So I'll explain how to do it. So I did a whole section of riffs like that. Then I'm doing guitar solos from the Dawkins songs I played on. There's a gear review section, a practice exercise section. So it just started growing and growing, and it's going to launch with uh, over a hundred video clips already. Oh wow! So everything you've uh, recorded, everything, and it's just kind of uploaded and ready to go. Yeah, we're still uh, getting the final final touches on it, but it's, I think it's going to launch in the next couple of days. I'm really excited about it. You know, it, it was a lot of work to no. do this. I mean, you know, it just snowballed. At first, I started doing it thinking, huh, is it, am I just going to put up a riff? I guess I got to show how to play it. And then from there, it went, I better do a close up clip and do it slow. And then I better explain how to do it. And, you know, it was just. One thing to the next thing. Hey, let me throw something at you. You can have this if you yeah. want. One thing that I always wished that, that, like, uh, that I thought even like growing up that would have been helpful. What if you like reversed the video, like so that it's like I'm looking into a mirror, and then I could actually play the riff exactly as I see it. That might be a little hard. I can I just flip it. When I was a kid, we slowed the turntable down to learn a riff. So it's, you know, I didn't have the luxury of having, you know, going to a site that some guitar player didn't say, wow, that's how we did that. And they, now he's done, it's slow and close up, and now he's explaining it. Like, that's a, you know, we didn't have that luxury. When, when, when we were kids, we didn't have much. Yeah, what was it? Like, like Doug Marks is probably the closest to what you're talking about. And that was a cassette. Yeah, that metal method. I, I never saw that, but I remember the. Um, I remember doing that. Yeah, you know, we had to slow the turntable down or go to a show and try and look closely <laughs> at what they were doing. It was different. Uh, yeah. I'm not the only person who did that. You actually like like I was trying to cop like moves off a of video and stuff, but you know, high def would have helped too back then, I suppose. Oh sure, you know. Although you know, to, to some degree, it made you sort of. When we were, you know, kids anyway, you had to have some sort of imagination, and it was you had to put a lot more work into mm-hmm. getting to learning something. And you know, no matter sometimes, no matter how many times you would try to learn it, it still wasn't really right. And now, in more recent times, it's like, oh, that's how he did it, you know, and you finally see it. So now, now when you would have started uh, playing, tablature was still a few years away from being really common, correct? Oh uh, yeah, oh yeah. When I started learning how to play guitar, yeah, like going way back, oh, I was, you know. Yeah, back when I started learning how to play guitar, it was 19, let's see, in the 70s. Okay, I was playing in the late 70s. So there was no videos, no internet, and there was nothing. You know, we had a turntable. You know, the best way to do it was we get a turntable <laughs> and try to slow it down, right? That's how we did it. How did you compensate for pitch? <laughs> Um, you got to use your imagination. Yeah, okay. yeah, getting, <laughs> you, you would try to slow it down, so it would be an exactly an octave lower. Oh man! Uh, well, going back to your website uh, now, these will there be any live lessons involved, or is this all just like basically a subscription service? Uh, it's both. The way the way it's going to work is a subscription service, and uh, I, mean, I came in with a very low price. I want people to be able to do this affordably and enjoy it. And you can join up actually for free, and there's going to be some free sites areas of the site you can access, like the gear review. You can see the guitar pictures, and there'll be a free clip every once in a while that you can get an idea of what okay. we're doing. But uh, you know, after that, it's like nine ninety nine a month. You can unlock the entire site, everything, and I'm going to be adding to it every month. And I'm also going to be supplementing it with Skype lessons. So if people want to do a Skype lesson, we could do that. And I've been doing those for a long time. Um, but I like the idea of this because I could reach more people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Skype lesson is, you know, one person you're getting to, you know, teach, which is great. But if you really want to make, have an effect, it's, it's, I think someone who wanted to learn, you know, join, join a subscription service, learn riffs. And if you have any questions, do a Skype lesson. 
So I'm going to probably also take email questions in the beginning when I have time. People, if anyone doesn't understand something, I like to teach, you know. So this is something that's um, appealable to me, you know. Well, when the you say you you play a riff and then kind of show how it, it's broken down, are these like songs that people know, or just riffs that you're kind of creating to kind of develop technique? You know, a combination of you know, because from the beginning you you really just need to learn how to use both hands together for a little bit there. You do. It's both. I have I have just riffs where you learn how to play. See, when I was a kid, I I just wanted to play. I don't want to. I didn't want to learn theory and how to do this particular yep. scale. For me, that was boring. So. For, for this, you can. It's it's a it's a way to get yourself playing quickly and get better quickly. And yes, there's songs too. I have a solo section, and in the solo section, I'll I go through how I played the, the particular song. There's a rhythm, so there's some rhythm, and then I go through the the solo. I'll play the entire solo once, then I break it down little bits at a time. So the, like the first five seconds, like the first little bit. Then I play it slowly, and then I then next little bit play it slowly, and then I give commentary on what to look out for and what I'm doing with my picking technique and how to do this part. And you know, I'm really trying to, to the best I can, walk people through it. Um, and we're also talking about sound, how I get my guitar. You know, I get a lot of nice. questions over the years, like, what do you do for your rig? And you know, although shockingly, it's it's surprisingly simple, but. You know, I go through that too. My fly date rig, my old touring rig, and how if, if anyone likes one of the sounds I'm getting on the site, I'm going to probably talk about how to get that particular sound. So, you know, I really want to get under the hood. But but here, here's a story that that maybe you can relate to. I bought a DVD, I don't know, about five, ten years ago, and it was a, called Guitar Boot Camp, and it was guys like Paul Gilbert and stuff like that on there. And it was, it was not a way to – it was how to stay fresh, how to keep your chops going. And I got to tell you, the the, uh, the Paul Gilbert section basically required you to be as good as Paul Gilbert to get any oh. usefulness out of it. He basically, oh, really? <laughs> well, he he's like basically starts like, and he just starts going all Paul Gilbert. So that'll help keep your hands warmed up. I'm like, dude, I, I I'm about ten years of day, ten hour days from being that level. But uh, so it sounds like yeah, what you're developing, amazing. you kind of have kind of a beginner thing that people can kind of come in with more rudimentary stuff. Yeah, I'm doing. I have. You know, I broke it down into what I call mild, medium, and spicy when mm. in the riff category. Nice, <laughs> right? So the mild is for a beginner, um, and I'm gonna. I have. A, I also put up a beginner tutorial video just for people who, you know, I'm trying to teach the beginners that this sort of I, be, lurking behind the scenes that I have a method to what what I'm trying to do here, uh, and I know for, for beginners it's very important to learn how to bend. So I try to you know do basic riffs that show people how to do a bend. And, and I focused on that in the tutorial because that's a really rudimentary, important part. And as I keep going, you know, of course, I'm going to do more, more and more basic stuff, too, for people who, who may need it. Um, and it's probably going to have to progress into more than three yeah. categories at some point. I might add, like, a, a, you know, a very basic section, which I probably will. And I might add, like, a nuclear section for super advanced players. You know, I'm just trying to – for now, I just wanted to try and cover the bulk, you know. And so, every month I'm going to add a couple of clips in each section. And, and so there's a lot of focus on rhythm on the, on the early stuff, I assume. Uh, on the beginner riffs, there's a, a lot of basic bending riffs. I want to teach people how to bend. There's some rhythm. I did a couple of rhythm clips. Um, I'm going to be doing more of that later. But okay. just, I, I'm just trying to think back to how it was when I was a kid, and yeah. I wanted to learn how to play leads. <laughs> you know, and in order to do that, it's a little bit of a steep learning curve. And what was a real big turning point for me was when I learned how to do a couple of basic bends. 
that's what cha- was the game changer for me as a player. Okay. You know, so trying to, you know, but yes, I'm going to go through all of what we just talked about. There'll definitely be a lot of rhythm clips. And um, as of recording this, when does that when does that go live? What is there a date that that's going to be up and running? The, uh, the website should be up this weekend. Okay. I mean, we're trying to get it done within the next couple of days. We're just dealing with the last few little technical issues, but all of the all of the clips are recorded. Like I said, there's like over a hundred video clips up there, and I wanted to make sure when it finally launches, it, it's seamless. Um, sure. So with the, the clip sizes are big, so I had to make sure that we had the right, you know technical ability to, to stream the clips without anybody having a glitch. Now, did we talk about the cost? I don't recall. Yeah, sure. What, the way it's starting out is, uh, I mean, I want to make it really affordable. So you can, a subscription, and uh, which unlocks everything on the site, is nine ninety nine a month. Okay. Or Yeah. Or you can, if you want to buy it for a year, it's $99 for 12 months. Um, and, then, and then on the, uh, the Skype lessons, 150 for an hour and 80 for half an hour. Okay. But so yeah, the, the, all affordable. Yeah, the, it's basically a, a prime membership uh, from Amazon. So yeah, yeah. What better to do that? You know, people. If you have time, you want to learn how to play guitar. Inexpensive way to get yourself going. If you're you have someone who plays and you want to get better, or think it's really you know affordable approach to doing this. Well, John, I really appreciate your time. Uh, anything else that we didn't cover that we need to get into? Oh, I think we got it. Really enjoyed it, and thanks so much for having me, man. Oh, absolutely. Um, give, our, give our best to Don um, and basically uh, every, every, every member in the band. Um, you know, I did want to ask you about your replacement for, uh, uh, for Mick, BJ. How's he fitting in? Oh, BJ's a wonderful drummer. You know, he played with us on and off for quite some time. He, he did uh, the tour with us in 2007 or eight when we played with Poison. Okay. We had, we had, we had BJ for uh, most of that tour. And he just came in and, and killed it. He's just such a, a, a ringer. Even Mick said, you know, when Mick was bowing at, he said to me, you know what, man, I'm telling you, BJ's your guy. He's got the right backbeat and the right feel for this. And, you know, we all knew that. And he's, he's doing great, really. Really great player and a great guy, too. And Mick's a good singer. Does BJ sing? Oh, yeah. BJ sings. And Chris McCarville, our bass player, is a great singer and a killer bass player. So the, the whole band is, you know, just really, really good. So. Oh, All right. great to play with those guys. We'll look forward to some new docking music. Check out johnlevinguitars.com. Uh, it, it sounds like a pretty uh, pretty diverse site, so even someone who's like an intermediate could probably plug in and kind of find something useful out of it, yeah? Oh, yeah. I have a beginner, intermediate, and advanced. And, uh, Spicy. I'm sure everybody knows my name is no H in it, so it's J-O-N-L-E-V-I-N. Oh, good point. Probably shouldn't we yeah, should make it clear, though. <laughs> I lose a lot of mail like that when people email me. I'm like, oh, no H. <laughs> uh, I'll make it sure we spell it right in the episode. Hey, John, before I let you go, I just wanted to uh, uh, just please give our best to Don. Yeah, I definitely will. I'm back.
you got Sorry some dogs going on there. The ma- the, yeah, the mailman's here. They they they, they want to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> you you would not believe how many interviews we do where at one point suddenly there's a dog involved. <laughs> oh yeah, I got a whole pack. Nice. <laughs> it's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.